This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad. No mercy, no pity, no fear. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. You are on a Thursday drive. When the Carolina Panthers season ended in January, I believe then that Carolina wasn't far off from being a playoff team. Or at least not as far off as you might think. I said that then, but then pointed out they likely needed an upgrade at quarterback, and they needed to catch some breaks in the offseason. Well, I believe Sam Darnold is an upgrade over Teddy. Joe Brady not being hired for a head coaching job, that's certainly a break. And I feel last night's schedule release was a very good thing for Carolina. The Panthers are in very good shape to exceed expectations this fall because I think they call almost every break you could catch with the release of their schedule. Here's what I mean. No preparation disadvantages. When you look at things that could hold you back, what schedule makers put together, Carolina was not hampered in any kind of way. Games with less rest than your opponent, Carolina doesn't have any of those. Where they would play on a Monday night and their opponent, of course, had played the day before. No significant rest disadvantages. Coaches, they reached out to Warren Sharp, who was talking about this on social media and started listing off things that they looked at with the schedule as soon as it came out, and there are things that they didn't like much. Like having less rest than your opponent does. Like having a road game after a Sunday night or Monday night football game. Carolina doesn't have to deal with that because they don't have any Monday night or Sunday night games. Four games in a 17-day span. Carolina does not have to worry about that. The only team that does is Philadelphia where they have a Monday night game followed by two Sunday games and then a Thursday game. No re- uh, negated bye weeks. What's a negated bye week? Where you usually get an advantage coming off a bye against somebody, but there are circumstances where the team that you're facing also has a bye week. So that bye becomes null. Carolina does not have that issue with their schedule as well. The closest thing to a difficult spot that Carolina is going to be put in because of the schedule makers is going on the road for a Thursday night football game. That's in week three. But even in that spot, Carolina catches a break because they're facing the worst team on their schedule in the Houston Texans that night. There's no team I'd rather play among the road opponents Carolina has than the Houston Texans. So it really was a tremendous break Carolina caught all across their schedule. It's the easiest opening stretch I can remember to a season. The first five games, who has it easier than this? You face three rookie head coaches in the first five. Three of your first five are also at home at Bank of America Stadium. And I don't know if any of these teams are playoff teams. You open with the Jets at home, the Saints at home, then you're on a Thursday night at the Texans, at the Dallas Cowboys, and you get extended rest to prepare for that game. 
and then you're home to the Philadelphia Eagles. Score. Carolina very well could start the season 4-1, and one, and nobody should be surprised by that. You might be thinking to yourself, Josh, oh, then it's going to become more difficult late in the season. I'd rather get off to a good start with a young quarterback who just needs confidence in Darnold and a young play caller in Brady and a second-year head coach in Matt Rule. I'd much rather backload the schedule than to have the difficult games up front. There are some teams that's not the case for. You take the Dallas Cowboys, for example, Robert. The L.A. Rams. I'd rather have all the difficult games at the beginning of the year because I have aging offensive lines. How old is Andrew Whitworth? Is he 40 years old yet? He's closing in on it. They're still trotting him out there. So if I'm facing great front sevens, great pass rushes, great teams, I'd rather have my aging players out there, my best players out there who might not be there at the end of the season because they're nicked and bruised. Carolina's not one of those teams. So when I look at another break Carolina caught here, the late buy and the late season Bucks matchups I think are great for the Panthers. They have the second latest bye week in the NFL. They have no games this year against opponents coming off bye weeks. Compare that to the Patriots, who have three of those. Or Roberts Baltimore Ravens, who have two of those. Carolina doesn't have to deal with that at all. With a 17-game schedule, Tampa could have the division locked up and more by the first time Carolina faces them. Two of the last three weeks of the season are going to be against Tampa, who I believe is the best team in the NFL. There's no question. But I believe at least one of those games are probably going to be against backups. It's probably going to be against Blaine Gabbert. Or who's the quarterback that they drafted this year? They took a quarterback in the draft. So I'm not that concerned about Tampa late in the year. Did they take the kid from Stanford? Kyle Trask. David Mill or Davis Mills went to the Texans. He went to the Texans. Trask. Florida guy. Makes sense there. The Panthers caught nearly every break with their schedule. It leads me to think they've now caught enough breaks this offseason. With the cap going down, Hassan Reddick became affordable because of Rule's relationship with Hassan. You get that edge rusher to pair with Brian Burns. Joe Brady doesn't get a head coaching job. You get a favorable schedule. You have teams willing to trade with you, and you can trade back in the middle rounds of the draft so you get more swings at it. It's been a really productive offseason. You upgrade at quarterback with Darnold versus Teddy Bridgewater. I feel that way. Some of you might not. I feel that Teddy is an upgrade. Carolina, I think, is going to make the playoffs this year because of these breaks they're catching. Some teams, they can get away with not getting any scheduling breaks. Tampa Bay. They have some things working against them with all the primetime games out there. San Francisco, another one that comes to mind with that. Carolina's not one of those teams. They need some help. They don't have enough talent where they can get away with it, playing against these teams and also playing against the schedule makers. 
Very good schedule for the Panthers. If you have thoughts on it, on Twitter at sports, uh, WSJS Sports, 336-777-1600 if you want in on our phone line. While we're talking about the Panthers here, I don't think you can completely rule them out of the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. See, the Packers, they're continuing to prepare for life without A-Rod. That's why they traded up for a quarterback in the first round a year ago. And this week, they added Blake Bortles to that quarterback room. When Rodgers is shopped, there are going to be a ton of suitors. The Broncos, they immediately come to mind. The Raiders, maybe the Miami Dolphins. Those are the teams I keep on hearing. However, when you start imagining uniforms he's playing in, places he could end up, I wouldn't rule out the Panthers just yet. I think they're going to explore that road at worst, and at best, they very well could get into the mix. Scott Fitterer, wearing his suit, first day on the job, had his press conference. When he was asked about his approach to quarterbacks in the offseason, I think it was specifically in regards to a question about Deshaun Watson, Fitterer said they were going to be in on every deal. He was aggressive in letting people know that they wanted Deshaun. He was aggressive in going after Matthew Stafford. Carolina, remember, had a better offer than what the Rams sent. The Rams just wanted to do by one of the best players in their franchise's history, though, and send him to the place he preferred. So they sent him to the L.A. Rams, even though Carolina offered the number 8 pick in the draft, Teddy Bridgewater, and I think even a mid-round pick, too. They really wanted Stafford. They were aggressive. They traded for Sam Darnold. But I think trading for Darnold alone should tell you Carolina is going to look for every opportunity to upgrade at the quarterback position until they've identified what they know to be a franchise quarterback who can win Super Bowls. Look at what's happening in their division. If Tom Brady can still win the Super Bowl at age 43 and he can play elite-level ball and be the favorite in the NFL at age 44 coming up this year, you can still get five more elite seasons out of Aaron Rodgers. The new CBA, I think, taught us, or it's not really a new CBA. It's been around for 10 years, and a lot of the things from that CBA have been ratified in the most recent one that you can't be looking at things five, seven years down the line. It's got to be in the next two seasons, in the next three seasons top. You can't project much further than that what your team's going to look like. So if you're the Panthers, I wouldn't be deterred at all by Aaron Rodgers' age. You think the Buccaneers regret going after Tom Brady? Now, I know there's a big difference between a free agent and going after somebody you're going to have to give up significant capital to bring in, but if you bring that guy in, you become an instant contender. I don't know if I'd be able to name four or five teams better than the Carolina Panthers if Aaron Rodgers was playing quarterback. You got better weapons than you would in Green Bay. That would keep them happy. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I know they have Devontae Adams over there, but give me DJ and Robbie Anderson. Give me Christian McCaffrey over Aaron Jones. Better weather. Growing up and coming city versus being in the smallest city in Green Bay where it's always cold. Rodgers, he would be happier. 
Joe Brady would be calling plays. Creative, innovative play caller that's going to be a head coach one day in the league. The Panthers, I think, will be in the mix for Aaron Rodgers. Darnold, if you're viewing it from the perspective of Gutekunst and the and the Packers, he'd be a perfect quarterback to have back in Green Bay. He could be the franchise guy. And you don't have to pay out the tooth in order to keep him. You can have him on your roster the next two years, cheap contract. You can play him until you figure out what Jordan Love is or if Jordan Love's ready to go. It still very well could be Jordan Love. And you can have Darnold as your backup quarterback and still not be hurting when it comes to the salary cap. You bring in Blake Bortles. There are a lot of things you can do. This isn't me saying it's going to happen because I do think Denver is a lot more desperate with a coaching staff that is fearful that they're probably going to be looking for new homes if things don't go well this year. But, and even the Raiders to a degree, just because of Gruden and Mike Mayock, you don't quite know what's going on there. The Miami Dolphins have more capital. I think there are teams that will be more desperate and aggressive than Carolina will. But that doesn't mean Carolina's not going to get into the mix. I think Fitterer's going to give it a good hard look. And would it stun me if Carolina landed Rodgers? I don't think so. It'd be more surprising than bringing in Deshaun Watson before we learned everything about Deshaun. As soon as Deshaun said he wasn't happy in Houston, less than a day later, we hear all the Carolina rumors. And it was out there. It was heavy. Until Carolina traded for Darnold. And Carolina, after all, did pass on a quarterback that could be a franchise guy at number eight in Justin Fields. And the reason why was because they said they believed in Darnold. So, Rodgers, he said he's unhappy. He said that a couple of weeks ago. If Carolina was really interested, would similar rumors be out there than the ones we saw with Deshaun Watson? I'd say likely so. But also, you don't want to alienate your quarterback, so maybe you were a little bit more quiet in your interests than you would have been with Teddy being the only QB you would be willing to start on your roster. Carolina's going to give that a look. They should explore. I think they're going to. Josh Graham has his finger on the triad sports pulse. So wash your wrist when he's finished. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. I loved what the Panthers did last night with this nine-minute-long schedule announcement. I started getting anxiety as somebody that used to be a video editor of sorts. I guess I still am to a degree, just trying to imagine how much work that took. Somebody I know that was centrally involved with that now joins us, the always candid and entertaining Bill Voth on Twitter at PanthersBill. Here to share some light on what exactly happened here. Um, what was the most difficult thing to get done in that video? Ooh, um, I, I would say I'm always a half. I'm always a glass half empty person. So I would say there's there was a lot of ask out there that unfortunately didn't come through. That I think would have made the video that much better. Give me um, one fun one. 
Well, the fact that we couldn't get Steph, Steph Curry, Steph wouldn't do it because he's in his little playoff run mode right now. Yeah. What, the idea that that one was going to be, it was kind of like with J.J. Jansen. It was going to be, so we were sitting around in the meeting, and we were saying, hey, you know, obviously we need to get that global superstar on the Golden State Warriors who's also a Panthers fan. And then you'd go to um, Warriors practice facility, and it would be like, hey, I'm Kent Bazemore, North Carolina native, and huge Panthers fan. He's like, did you know that the farthest west the Panthers are playing this year is Arizona? And then he'd pause for a second, and you'd see Steph shooting behind him, and he'd be like, "Well, were you expecting somebody else?" <laughs> so that it would that was that was the gist of it. But Steph Steph didn't want to do things something that like hooked the focus of what the Warriors are doing right now. So we're there. We were, and then Steve Kornacki. I wanted to get Steve Kornacki, and we had we had conversations there, and then his person just kind of disappeared because because uh, Wolf Blitzer and John King they did the Wizards one, so that would have been like, hey, you know, the Wizards used John King and Wolf Blitzer for their release, and then someone would have said, yeah, but I like that Steve Kornacki better, and then I would have went to him on his big board. How do you get Jim Cramer to do the darn coin? That's bit? that. That's the only thing we really fudged. Um, that was not custom made. Okay. I was interested that was, in that. That was the editing process. Let me but ask no, you like this. PTI, PTI did it again. PTI did it for us, and then you know, obviously all the other ones were done. Were you worried that Ian Rappaport was going to actual break that actually break that news? <laughs> no, but uh, Adam Schefter posted something soon after the release. It was posted yesterday about the video and how the social David Tepper doesn't just need to deliver coffee. He needs to give his team a raises, and then um, it got deleted. And I'm wondering if it was deleted because um, Schefter was alerted that um, Rap Sheet was in the video instead, and, and not him. So was there a was there a plan B for the Panthers Patriots game uh, on November the seventh? No, it was always I always wanted to do the reenactment of Ice Up Sun. That's unbelievable. On Twitter yeah. at Panthers Bill Bill Vogue joining us here. When we learned. Um, I'm interested. Actually, you know, let me ask one more thing before we get to the football stuff. How long does no, let me it tell take? You a story. Actually, let me tell you. Please a story tell me a story. Because there's a story with it. So I was working with with Steve's agent on that one, and she was like, "Steve loves it, but Steve wants to be a part of each one of these scenes. So it's like you guys are talking, and like Steve's like dreaming, and then at the end he wakes up from his dream, and that was the script. So like Steve wanted to be in each one of the scenes, not just the one. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to Sorry think. To interrupt, but I'm trying to think where else Steve Smith would have been worked into many of these. I could see it now. Wow. Yeah, and yeah, we, we were obviously way too far down the line with all the other ideas to try and even to do something like that. So, I was like, um, can we just do the ice up sun one? I'm sure Smitty would have been down jumping off of the van into the table. Yeah. yeah. Probably would have been <laughs> down for that. Uh, he was how, excited to, to take the chainsaw. I'll tell you that. How long does it take for something like this to come together? Um, it's, it's been six to eight weeks where we've been brainstorming. I mean, the, the Tampa Bay one, I did like, we had a hole for Tampa Bay and I went for a run last Friday night. And then as I'm running, I call Carson Smucker, who's the main producer on it. And I'm like, how about for Tampa Bay? We do, um, like all the Tom Brady fans, but all the Tom Brady fans are in Patriots, Tom Brady jerseys. And then we took and we're like, eh, that doesn't feel right. And I was like, how about this? Like, you like, like the, uh, like, they were like the city of champions last year. And so that, how would we reference that? But instead of like giving the bucks credit, it's all about the lightning. So that, that, so some of them, some of them took like a long time to conceptualize and get done. And other time, like that last one was just conceptualized on a quick run last Friday. And then it was just, 
using that piece of, of, of network news on that one. Well, I got you here. Let's talk a little football. When we learned that Deshaun wanted out of Houston, it became pretty clear pretty quickly that that would be a player Carolina would have strong interest in. And that was before, of course, they traded for Sam Darnold. Uh, and, of course, before he became an untouchable player. How surprised are you we haven't seen similar rumors with Carolina crop up after we learned that Rodgers was unhappy in Green Bay? Um, well, because they've added Sam Darnold since, and they gave up some draft collateral to do that. Um, and I think the Aaron Rodgers thing is such a freaking, just such a diva thing that, like, I know it's like it makes for good talk and headlines and all this other stuff, but I think it's so um, far away from being resolved. Like, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I don't. It, it's a, fi- it's a fine question, but I just think it seems a lot more unrealistic than Deshaun than Deshaun did. I, I mean, how do you even? What do you have to give up to get Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I don't. You had to give up the farm just to get Deshaun Watson. What do you have to give up to get Aaron Rodgers? Were you surprised? So like, okay, it's cool that like Aaron's doing all these passive aggressive things to try and get out of there, but like there doesn't seem to be like a realistic solution. And I think the Packers also like their dead cap if they actually traded them would be like ridiculous. So I, I don't know. I don't know how realistic it is. Were you surprised Teddy said what he said yesterday, and what did you make of what? Coach Rule responded with. I'll be honest, I was so busy with schedule release last night. I only saw little like things that Rule said and I mean he's not gonna he's like any coach, he's not gonna say a whole lot. I saw something like so but um he said something about uh what was it? It was like um did he say like I'm disappointed he said that or he's gotta like Yeah, he said I was I, di- I was disappointed he said that, but he never said that Teddy was wrong. He just said that he had his own process. I think I fo- I followed up with the question about it and then I got the Listen, guys, I'm here to talk about the schedule for 10 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you unpack that, and again, I didn't really pay attention last night, because if you unpack it, like, say what you want about Cam, and Cam has flaws, um, both as a player and personally, just like we all, all do, at least personally. Cam was, Cam was always so, he, he took everything on his shoulders. Like, what's the word? Account of, his, his accountability was incredible and he was accountable when he didn't need to be accountable that's the that is the one thing that really surprised me about teddy last year it was twice last year where he he didn't take accountability where you want you need your friend your starting quarterback to just even if you don't feel it's your fault the job is you say it's your fault it's, it, that's just it's just the job are you it, thinking it, about it, minnesota specifically yeah and then there and then there was also one earlier in the year which i can't remember off the top of my head but i remember being like wait what like what? Like no. Like he's supposed to be like no. That's my bad. That's my bad. Like I got to do better and all that stuff. And like he didn't do that. And that, and because it, it does seem like Teddy's such a high character person, and I can't say I know him because we weren't allowed to be around him last year. So I I don't. Um, but he seems like a good dude and a de- and a high character dude, and everyone sings his praises as a person. So when it comes to that accountability, that easy, just that easy stuff that NFL quarterbacks have to do because that's in the job description. He he didn't do it, and Cam would always do it. So anyway, um, I think it, that Teddy still continues to sh- like kind of pass the buck in some regards. Is 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 just strange, and it doesn't fit in his high character personality. With that said, 
um, this is a new coaching staff. This is a, a coaching staff, a lot of them that were just coming from college. Of course, there's going to be things that they probably need to grow in. Uh, Joe Brady, I mean, I, I mean, this, this guy is, he, he's, they call him a wonder kid for a reason. He's not a full, he's not Phil Snow on a, you know, on a coaching experience level. So I'm sure there's things he can do better. As far as them practicing two minutes and red dot, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. Cause again, we weren't allowed to be around them all that much last year. Um, but I think both things can be true. I think that Teddy can have more of an accountability. And I bet you the Panthers coaching staff, all these guys, whether it's Joe Brady or Matt Rule, they will, they will run practices differently in the next five, 10, 20 years because as we all do in our jobs, we, we find things that we like better or worse, and we, and we change as it goes along. So, as I said, I think both things can be true. Bill, fantastic stuff with the video yesterday, and thank you for uh, spending time with us here in the try of the day. It's always appreciated. Of course. Thanks, and uh, have a lovely evening. You too. He's on Twitter at PanthersBill. Shoot him a follow there, and, of course, if you haven't seen the nine-minute video that it took six to eight weeks for those guys to put together, Make sure you find that on the Panthers' website and also on their social media accounts. After the schedule release, Robert, I usually think in terms of Vegas. I start thinking about, okay, let me look at the over and unders. Eh, Let me see if I like some here. Because I said that when I gave out over-unders after free agency, that first wave, I said, ah, all of this is with the caveat Let's wait until the schedule comes out to see who catches breaks and who doesn't. So I've got three over bets that I really like, and I've got three unders for this year. I'll share who they are, and we'll get ready for Hornets Clippers as well next on The Drive. Turn it up! They came to see us! Let's go! Back to The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. We've got weekly positivity in a few minutes. Then we're going to be chatting with legendary Wake Forest basketball coach Dave Odom with Tim Duncan going into the Hall of Fame on Saturday. I'm going to try and figure out if there are any more Duncan stories that haven't been told yet. Bob Ryan joined us yesterday and said, there aren't any good Duncan stories. We all know about where he came from in the Virgin Islands and him wanting to be an Olympic swimmer. And then there was a hurricane down there that ruined one of the pools they had down there, so he no longer competed competitively. Or uh, he was he no longer was a competitive swinger swimmer. So then he had to pick up another sport, picked up basketball, was uncoordinated, worked hard at it, got notice, went to Wake Forest, and then became the star that we knew him to be, went to the NBA, one of the best players in the history of the NBA. What stories do we not know? Dave Odom will try to tell us. <laughs> in about 15 minutes. Look forward to catching up with Coach. Let's get to a team I feel absolutely got screwed by the NFL schedule makers yesterday. It's Robert's Baltimore Ravens. We talked about with the Panthers a short while ago. Things that schedule makers can do to make your life very uncomfortable. I'm talking about preparation disadvantages. Anonymous coaches reached out to Warren Sharp. And some of the things they pointed to, man, we really do not like playing road games on Thursday night. Those short week games 
When you're playing on the road, that's terrible. Or when you're playing on Monday Night Football and the next week you're on the road. Or just playing a team after Monday Night Football in general when the team you're playing, of course, wasn't playing on Monday night. Road games after Sunday Night Football. Those are the things that they loathe. And the Ravens have a ton of them. The primetime games have not done the Ravens any favors. They're tied for a league lead with five primetime games. And out of those five, you got a Thursday night game on the road against a good team in the Miami Dolphins, a short week after a Monday night game against the Indianapolis Colts, and a road game right after a Sunday night football game. Oh, and you also have to play the Kansas City Chiefs on a Monday night. Did I mention that? Or a Sunday night game in week two. The Ravens, they were hurt by the schedule makers in ways you might not have considered. If you just go by wins-loss record last year, they have the second most difficult schedule of anybody in the league. They faced two teams coming off buys this, uh, coming off a bye week this season. New England leads the league with three of those. Carolina doesn't have any. Baltimore has two of them in addition to all those things I mentioned earlier. So it's a really tough draw. I'm kind of surprised that the over-under is 11.5. That's a lot of wins for a team to get this year. I get there are 18 weeks now, 17 games, but uh, I don't know. I don't think Baltimore is going to get to that point. They're probably going to be a playoff team, but they're going to be one of those teams that just sneaks in. The good thing about the Ravens are I think both of their strengths translate to a tough schedule. The two things that are always going to translate is a good defense and running the ball. Sure. And I think that can either keep you in games or prevent you from being in a game altogether. So even if it's week 16 or week two against the Chiefs, either way, I think the Ravens are going to be in the games they play, despite whatever their win-loss record is. I could see that. I think they're a really good team. I just don't think they were given any favors by the odds makers. Philadelphia, another team. They're the only team that's playing four games in a 17-day span. Good Lord. You've got a Monday night football game followed by a Sunday night game followed by another Sunday game and then a Thursday night game. That is four games and a 17-day stretch. New Orleans, preparation disadvantages on their schedule. Tampa Bay, a ton of them. Kansas City, the Rams. I felt the Ravens were hurt the most by the schedule that was put out there yesterday by the NFL. Let's transition things to weekly positivity. Or we could get to a few calls here. 336-777-1600. Didn't quite have time for it a short while ago, so we can open up the phone lines now if you want to get in. On Twitter, at WSJS Sports. In addition to chatting with James Borrego, or excuse me, uh, Coach Odom tomorrow, or Coach Odom in the next 10 minutes or so, James Borrego will be with us tomorrow. That's what I'm trying to say here. Let's go to Mark in Greensboro, who wants in on the Carolina Panthers schedule. Are you as positive as I am about what Carolina drew? No, because I don't think they're that good a team yet. <laughs> well, Talking I mean, about the schedule itself, I think that's a pretty darn good schedule they they, they drew. You don't think yeah, so? That's great. I was just I said what I said to Robert still stands. You can have the easiest schedule in the world. You still have to win football games, 
and this team has not proven they can win close games. And I don't care if you have Sam Darnold or, you know, whoever. You, you have to prove it. And then what about your boy Joe Brady? You, you talked about how great he is, and then Teddy Bridgewater was on that podcast with a couple of those other NFL guys talking about, man, we don't practice. We didn't practice two-minute row. We don't do uh, red zone. Like, didn't like that. I thought it was a bad look it, for Joe Brady. I was about to say, he's going to be an NFL head coach? I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen if people get wind of that. Um, but it just go it, to me. I love you, Josh. You're a very positive guy. And by the way, as an aside, I'm really happy your dad's out of the hospital and happy and healthy. Thank you. I'm about to see my my parents tonight for the first time in 18 months, so I'm excited about that. Um, so anyway, I just yeah, man, like you're a super positive guy, and that's great. You know what, I mean, Mark? I'm, Mark? Mark? Before you finish the end of that sentence, I feel like this is a perfect transition. Robert, can we do the weekly positivity bit right here and let Mark finish this up? Hold one second, Mark. Hold one second. Hold one second. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. You were saying, Mark? I'm guy, and I'm actually glad I'm on, on with you right now because if I was listening to this on the radio, I would turn it off. So, um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you that, I mean, what, what's Carolina's record going to be this year? Whether it's 6-10 or 5-11, they're going to win one more game, two more games? I think they're going to win nine games this year. Oof. You are super positive, and uh, God bless you. I'll talk to you later. Have fun with your parents, Mark. That's going to be a lot of fun, and it's very positive. I think Carolina's going to go 9-8 and eight this year. A perfect way to start Wheatley Positivity. 336-777-1600. Tell me something good. In sports? Out of sports? Dave Odom's going to be here in a second. That's very good. Robert Walsh? What's going on, buddy? What's up, dude? A lot of very good things. I went to Costco today to get gas. No line. Three or four pumps were open. Like a bunch of cars were there, but there were three or four pumps not being used. And the gas was under 260, which is really good when the national average is over $3 for the first time in eight years. So I got gas, I didn't even have to wait in line, and apparently by the end of the weekend, everything's gonna be back to normal. That's very good. You wanna tell me something good going on with you? Uh, it is Winston's birthday this weekend, my cat. He will be turning one. Uh, So I have set up a little smorgasbord for him. I went and got, uh, well, not yet, but I have Ooh, what's, what, put What's going to be on the smorgasbord? I, I got him. He really enjoys, like, fish or whatever. Whenever he eats, he always prefers, like, the fish flavors. So I got him some, like, sashimi-grade tuna, some sashimi-grade salmon. Uh, I'm going to put that all out for him with, like, a little catnip on top. And I think my girlfriend is making him some, like, catnip cupcakes that's like all cat ingredients or whatever i know i've officially turned into that crazy cat person but i just love him so much and it's i I just want to put on for him you are 
putting on for your cat. I was trying to make a young Jeezy pun there, but I couldn't come up with anything. It's also hard when you're talking like this, you know? Like if you're being super positive to sound like Jeezy. Like he would never say like, I put on for my city. As in like, I put on let for me, my kitty. Let me... <laughs> that was the joke, by the way. <laughs> How did I not think of that? No! And here I am just searching... Young Jeezy lyrics to see if we can put this to the test very quickly. I put on for my city. On, on for my city. I put on for my city. On, on for my city. Also, I I never talk about... When they see me off in traffic, they say Jeezy on some other bleep. I never put over companies for anything, but Chewy sent Winston a birthday card this week. And Send I w- them bleep bleeps running straight back to the dealership. And I will literally never use another business to order cat food again just because they sent him a birthday card. I thought that was so cute I could have cried this morning. Robert puts on for his kitty, and that's been Weekly Positivity. <laughs>